The Murthy Law Firm has been clarifying U.S. immigration laws and procedures for foreign nationals since 1994. Teleconferences and podcasts were added to the resources available online in 2012. We are happy to offer this free service. Please listen to copyright information and restrictions at the end of this recording. Now, we are pleased to introduce attorney Sheila Murthy. Good afternoon. Welcome. I am Sheila Murthy, President and CEO of the Murthy Law Firm. Thank you so much for joining us for this monthly conference. Uh, Today, our topic, of course, is the H-1B multiple registrations, a very hot topic that is of grave concern to employers and employees going through the H-1B cap registration process. Joining me for today's teleconference are my esteemed colleagues at the Murthy Law Firm, Chris Drynan, who I just understand has been practicing immigration law for over 25 years. Uh, God, Chris, I always looked at you as a younger, comparatively baby attorney, but my God. Um, Not anymore, Sheila. (laughs) I know, I know. We're all growing older and wiser, hopefully. And uh, Maggie Wagner, uh, an attorney in our non-immigrant visa department processing H-1B petitions, who's been working for several years in the field processing H-1Bs. And with that, I want to start with a brief introduction, and we'll have a lively discussion amongst Uh, Chris, Maggie, and myself to go over some of the statistics, the data, and what we're seeing. So by way of introduction, as most of you know, H-1B registration numbers are making a lot of headlines from the Forbes magazine to Times of India due to a significant increase in eligible H-1B cap filings. The USCIS, in fact, just shared that statistics recently, and they talked about the increase of about 60% for eligible cap filings from the fiscal year 2023, which was last year, to this year's which fiscal year, which is fiscal year 2024, which starts, as you know, on October 1st of 2023 and runs through September 30th of 2024. So just again, statistically, just to share some statistics with you all, the USCIS received a little under 500,000 total registrations last year in 2023. And for this fiscal year, 2024, which was this March, April, March of 2023, the USCIS received 700 and almost 781,000 total registrations. Uh, The USCIS is attributing a large part of the increase to possible fraud among both employers and individuals who have got multiple filings, right? So in 2023, the USCIS received 165,000 eligible registrations for multiple beneficiaries with uh, eligible registrations. So I think it was a little over 165,000. And now in 2024 fiscal year, they've received so far around 409,000 registrations. Um, And that was as of, I guess, last week. So I'm going to ask Chris now to talk a little bit about what we're seeing and what we're hearing before we'll jump into understanding the history of the rules and regulations surrounding multiple registrations. Chris, what what do you think of what's going on? Well, thank you, Sheila. Um, This absolutely massive increase in the number of beneficiaries um, with multiple 
multiple H-1B cap registrations has sparked a crackdown on, on, on potentially fraudulent filings um, in violation of uh, Section 214.2 of the Code of Federal Regulations, which are the U.S. government regulations that implement the Immigration and Nationality Act. Um, and we're seeing this across all the agencies that are associated with the H-1B process. This is not just USCIS. This is very, very widespread. This is some, this is something the government is absolutely looking at right now. And as part of this teleconference, we're going to discuss these, these rules that we're, we're talking about here and the regulations surrounding the H-1B cap process and the rules that are, are relevant regarding multiple registrations. Sometimes this is legal, sometimes it's not. Uh, it's not always a clear answer to it, and it can be very confusing both to employers and to employees. Thank you for laying that front framework, Chris. So, Maggie, I, I'm sure people would like to understand, and it would be very helpful to understand the history of whatever the regulation that touches upon the topic of multiple registrations because employers and employees, individuals listening to this conference are like, okay, where's the legal base? I need to understand what are my options, et cetera. Maggie, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Sheila. So um, as Chris was saying previously, you know, sometimes multiple registrations for an individual beneficiary is um, legal and sometimes it's not. So I'm just going to talk about a couple regulations and rules that um, can help you determine whether or not um, the multiple filings are legal or not. So first, I do want to just start um, with the INA 214G limit on H-1B non-immigrant workers. Um, that's also, you know, what we call the H-1B cap. Um, and that quote-unquote cap is set at 65,000 um, petitions per, cap, for, per fiscal year. So in other words, you know, total number of beneficiaries granted an H-1B visa cannot exceed 65,000 um, per, per fiscal year. Um, there is like there is an exception and a carve out um, for 20,000 petitions that are reserved for beneficiaries with master's degrees under the exemption um, in INA 214G5C. So in total, 85,000 H-1B cap petitions are available each year. Um, and of course, there are other H-1B petitions that are cap exempt that you don't necessarily have to enter in the total lottery, but that is a topic for another teleconference. So. Um, the next set of regulations, it, Chris kind of touched on it a little bit, is 214.2. Um, that regulation is surrounding the multiple H-1B petitions for a single beneficiary. So that's really at the crux of what we are talking about here today. And that rule states that an employer or you know, related entities, such as a parent, company, subsidiary, or affiliate, may not register more than one cap H-1B case for the same beneficiary without a quote-unquote bona fide job offer. So USCIS has the discretion to actually determine if the employer filing multiple petitions for a same beneficiary has a legitimate business need to do so, and therefore, you know, making it multiple bona fide job offers. In that situation, then, you know, having multiple filing for one beneficiary would be lawful. But it's unlawful for the same employer, maybe under different pseudonyms and different names, to file for the same beneficiary for the same job. 
there would be no legitimate business need there and it'd be up to USCIS's discretion to deny that petition. Um, and then I'm going to hand it over to Chris now just to talk about a couple of policy memos that have um, further explained various definitions in these regulations. Sure, sure. So let me jump into it, Maggie. Um, oh, apologies, Sheila. To... <laughs> That's okay. So besides the regulation that Maggie just touched upon, there is a USCIS policy memo um, which actually adopts the decision. It is a March 23, 2018 decision called Matter of S, Inc., which the Administrative Appeals Office or the AAO actually adopts the decision regarding the definition of what is a related entity. And even though the regulation that Maggie just mentioned says parent company subsidiary or affiliate, that case actually expands the definition. And in that case, the AAO stated that related entities includes petitioners, whether or not related through corporate ownership and control that file cap subject H-1B petitions for the same beneficiary for substantially the same job. So now they're saying even if you're not related through the parent subsidiary, but you're using the same underlying project, we could say that that's a relationship. Absent a legitimate business need to file H-1B cap subject petitions for the same beneficiary, they believe that that would be, you know, potentially a violation. And in fact, there is, if you go to the USCIS website and the latest, they actually have a whole section that talks about fraud with multiple registrations and not to unfairly increase the chances um, to unfairly increase the selection of the H-1B lottery by filing multiple H-1B cap registration, uh, cap registrations. So, it's exactly the same issue. So basically, in this case, the AAO decision states that if two different employers or petitioners file more than one, multi multiple registrations for the same job, that petition will most likely be denied unless you can again show the real legitimate bona fide job opportunity, which is going to be really tough in this case. So what are the reasons for this rule, Chris? Um, well, the main reason for this rule is is basically USCIS's desire to try to make this process as fair as they possibly can. Um, as Sheila noted at the beginning of this teleconference, USCIS every year receives more than, more than the allotted 85,000 cap petitions for, for the H-1B visa, or more than 85,000 lottery applications, basically. Um, H-1B is a very desired status, both among employers and employees, uh, for a couple of reasons. For one thing, it allows dual intent, um, which basically the meaning of dual intent is that if you're in H-1B status, you're allowed to begin the green card process from H-1B status. Um, not every not every visa classification has that benefit. Um, and the other part of this is normally H-1B status is limited to six years, um, but if you get to a certain stage in the green card process, um, namely, if you have an approved I-140 immigrant visa petition, you're allowed to extend your H-1B status in three-year increments while you're awaiting the availability of a green card. Um, as you know, people from who are born in India, China, have very long waits for, for, for a green card to be available. So they will not, they will need longer than six, longer than six years. 
So this is a huge benefit for people, especially from those countries. Um, now, the system has not always worked this way. Um, this, elect, this cap lottery system uh, was instituted in the 2020 fiscal year. Before that, there was no electronic registration process. Basically, if a company wanted to petition for an employee, they would have to prepare an entire complete H-1B petition for each beneficiary that you want to register in the lottery. And they would have to file the petition in a five-day window at the beginning of April. So I can remember these days, obviously, I've been doing this long enough. Um, we would have crates and crates of H-1B petitions stacked up in the hallway, waiting to go out to, to meet this five-day window. Uh, it, was, it was crazy, and it was difficult for everyone. It was stressful for, for both attorneys and for employers and employees. So USCS has tried to alleviate some of that process with the current system. Because uh, they, from their point of view, they would be inundated with tens of thousands of H-1Bs, way more than they would need to make meet the $85,000 cap. And the ones that were not selected, they would actually have to return the whole package to leave to the employer or the attorney. So that's a huge waste of time, money, resources. So back in 2019, the service decided to change this electronic registration process to try to alleviate some of these some of these issues. Now, if you're an employer petitioner, you can just register the beneficiaries you want to register in the cap lottery. Um, you would include the employer identification number and the passport details of the beneficiary. Um, and you would file this electronically on a website that opens every year. Um, for, and it's open for three weeks in March. Um, USS announces when the window will be every year. Uh, it's only $10 to register each beneficiary. And once the registration process is completed and the $10 are submitted, the beneficiary is registered in the cap lottery. And at the end of the registration period, beginning of April, you will, uh, you, or end of March, um, USAS conducts the lottery and then they notify, um, notify the employers who has been actually selected and given the ability to file an H-1B petition. Thank you so much, Chris. And just by way of clarification, I believe the process started in March of 2020, just as the COVID was taking off. So it might be fiscal year 2021, from my recollection, because there were a whole bunch of documents. But again, you're talking about before the three years, we would send in thousands and thousands, you know, literally, and now we can actually, within quote, save time, effort and energy. But, you know, the question is, is it a waste? And of course, they've talked about increasing the cap registration fees and all of that. But a very important question connected with that is the attestation requirement, uh, which I'm going to invite Maggie to talk a little bit because you as an employer are attesting to certain very important things and signing under penalty of perjury, which is how they're going after employers for filing multiple registrations. Maggie? Right. So um, with the final rule for the electronic registration process passed in 2019, um, in the Federal Register and in the in, in the comments to the proposed rule, several people were concerned about employers filing multiple registration cases for individual beneficiaries um, and an increase in fraud. And it turns out that, you know, they had a right to be fearful of that because that is what we're seeing now. And USCIS's response has been to create an attestation requirement. So, Given the backdrop of, you know, simple and cheap registration process combined with the H-1B visa being highly valued, valuable by employers and employees alike um, and who want to retain their H-1B skilled workers, 
this has, you know, fraud has significantly increased with this given with this year's cap lottery. So, as I said, USCIS's response is creating this attestation requirement, um, and that was introduced last year. So, employers must now attest that they did not file multiple registration cases for the same beneficiary for essentially the same position. USCIS reminded employers of this requirement actually on their website again this year, and that warning states that we remind the public that at the time of each registration is submitted, each prospective petitioner is required to sign an attestation under penalty of perjury that, and then it lists, you know, some requirements, but the last one that pertains to what we're talking to here is that the registrant or the organization on whose behalf the registration is being submitted has not worked with or agreed to work with another registrant, petitioner, agent, or other individual or entity to submit a registration to an unfairly to unfairly increase the chances of selection for that beneficiary. So this attestation requirement um, states, you know, under the penalty of perjury, that you will not um, file multiple registrations for one beneficiary uh, without a bona fide job offer. So this basically this attestation requirement gives USCIS further grounds for enforcement when employers do in fact collude to create multiple registrations for the same job, which leads me to our enforcement portion, and I will hand it over to Sheila to Thank discuss. you very much, Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. So talking about enforcement, which is, of course, because they've changed the language, because, which is when they realized, I guess, because there were so many more cases, and many of them seem to be with for multiple uh, petitions for the same beneficiary slash employee, uh, they changed the language and gone back and we're seeing a lot of the noirs, the notice of intentions to revoke, the notice of intentions to deny, based and, and finding the worst part is finding the fraud finding in these cases, which then fraud can become a bar both for the employer in filing subsequent petitions and for the employee who could be very severely impacted as we will discuss later. So the USCIS is scrutinizing these petitions uh, on behalf of both employers and ben employees who have filed multiple registrations. And they are basically looking at all of these, as I said now, and any employer who has filed multiple registrations for the same beneficiaries, they are they very well can expect either a request for evidence or a notice of intention to deny annoyed or a NOIR. If from last year's cap it's been approved, even if the employers are technically listed with completely different federal employer identification numbers, completely separate com companies, not even owned by the same people, um, because they are basically saying that if there is no legitimate business need for the employer to present why they submitted multiple registrations, the petition will get denied. So. Uh, even if the H-1 lottery case has been approved, the USCIS, as you said, has come back sometimes months or even a year later with a NOIR, the notice of intention to revoke asking about the multiple lottery filings. And we are seeing many, many NOIRs for H-1B cap cases uh, that were approved a year ago. Um, and the strange thing is there is no avenue for appeal on any of these decisions. Um, I mean, you can respond to the notice of intent to revoke, which is you provide your data and say, here's why I think you shouldn't revoke it. But after that, if there's a de decision, there's no real appeal because they've already revoked it. And also the service is threatening to refer uh, 
violate, you know, violations by employers to appropriate law enforcement agencies for possible criminal enforcement. Um, and as all of us know, that obviously is not great news because when you sign something under penalty of perjury, it's obviously a federal criminal offense. So I'm going to jump to talking a little bit about, you know, recommendations for employers or businesses who are dealing with these issues. Chris? Thank you, Sheila. Um, at this point in time, this is very an issue that's very much in flux. Um, so it's difficult to give concrete advice right now until we have a better handle on what the government is going to do here and, and what's going on with these cases. Um, but there are some basic recommendations we can give. I think the most important one is that if you know that you, you, you potentially violated this rule, if you filed multiple registrations for the same beneficiary without a legitimate business need, you should not file the H-1B petition. Um, that's it basically, that's, that's sort of common sense advice. Don't make the problem worse than it already is. Um, we don't know what the possible criminal penalties here will be for employers if they violated these rules. And we don't know how violations uh, of the rule will be enforced at this point. That's still an open issue um, because this is still something that's developing. Uh, it could be that they'll only enforce these penalties for employers who actually submitted the H-1B petitions based on these cap registrations and that they'll ignore those who only registered people improperly. Um, and But that might be the case. It might not be. Um, but at this point in time, I think the soundest advice is don't file these actual petitions if you know there's a problem here. Do not make the problem worse. Makes sense. And what are the implications uh, from the individual or the employees or the beneficiaries point of view? Because I know a lot of beneficiaries on the call are saying, you know, it's, uh, what's going to happen to me if I was involved or not involved with the process? Maggie. Right. So, as I was talking about the attestation requirement before, it is the employer that is signing that attestation under penalty of perjury. The beneficiary doesn't sign anything. So assuming that the beneficiary you know, had no knowledge that the petitioner was submitting multiple registrations on behalf, and like Chris said, this is new. So even if they did, there could be various things we could do. But really, there should be no penalties enforced on the beneficiary um, for the multiple filings. Uh, however, you know, we have heard of cases actually at the consulate uh, where the Department of State is refusing visas based on a fraud finding against the beneficiary. Um, Mersey Law Firm is currently looking into various avenues for relief for individuals who have received those fraud findings at the consulate. Um, but given the fact that this issue is so new, um, we haven't been able to see that play out yet. Thank you, Maggie. Yeah, so for the individuals, that's exactly what we're saying, is they're saying, how come I'm being slapped with this? In some cases, the individuals actually were involved because they took their project and their particular contract and contacted three or four separate companies and said, could you please file an H-1B petition for me and mention this particular work location and this company and this project and this work, in which case that particular beneficiary or employee will be held liable because then you're not within quotes the innocent victim. But if genuinely the employer, for example, filed it and the employer signed those attestations on the penalty of perjury, you know, we are getting a lot of contacts 
in from people asking us, can can uh, can you somehow help me with the consulate and remove this fraud finding? Because then if the person tries to enter, for example, on an H-4 dependent visa or F-1 as a student to pursue another master's degree, uh, once you have a 212A6C fraud finding, it obvious at the U.S. consulate by the U.S. Department of State, it makes it definitely much harder uh, to obtain any visa of any type if there's a fraud or misrepresentation finding, unless you get a 212B3 non-immigrant visa waiver approved on your behalf. So you're talking time that you could be separated from your family members, your children, your spouse, um, unable to return back to the U.S., and potential lifetime bar for fraud misrepresentation against the U.S. government. So it's a very serious matter. We are also in touch, uh, uh, going to be contacting, and Murthy is going to take action by contacting relevant federal agencies to see if they can stop throwing the baby out with the bathwater where they're penalizing individuals with pretty much a lifetime bar by giving them this fraud finding because there were multiple filings with their name, which they may or may not have been aware of this entire time. So as Chris just explained and Maggie just explained, you know, all of these are playing out. It's pretty new in comparison. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on. The dust is flying, as they say. Um, and due to this, what appears to be a wide scale, what they believe is an abuse and misuse of the H-1B registration system by some employers trying to unfairly increase the and gain an advantage over others who are playing what they consider by the rules. We should expect to see more enforcement, higher scrutiny of H-1B lottery cases. And as Chris mentioned earlier, the safest approach is not to try to be too clever. And I said, as I said the other day in another teleconference on this issue, what may be viewed by many employers and companies as being creative or resourceful and will likely be used as fraudulent, improper, illegal, unlawful, and especially if it's signed under penalty of perjury, that's a separate federal criminal offense, and be a really not a great idea or a great thing to us as employers to try to file multiple cases to try to work the system in your favor for your particular candidates by speaking or colluding with several other companies who are in the same boat. And many of them, I think, have now decided to file none of those cases, which now means that the individual and the companies have lost even more with the hope that they will not be later down later on fraud findings. So a lot is going on. Again, it's a hot topic. Uh, wish we could give you a guarantee of where what's going on, but in general, it is something that the USCIS Department of Homeland Security and US Department of State are looking at under the microscope. So if you're an employer or an employee, be sure that you are not part of that process, that you follow the rules, dot the atrocities, and if you are signing the documents, make sure that you are not doing anything that is improper. Um, on that very somber note, uh, I want to say that on behalf of myself, Sheila Murthy, on behalf of Chris Drynan and Maggie Wagner and our entire Murthy Law Firm team, we look forward to continuing to help guide you, whether as an employer or as an employee, for the H-1B process, for the green card process, and whatever is impacting you with respect to U.S. immigration law matters. And we want to wish you a happy summer and hope you had a good July 4th holiday weekend. And we look forward to continuing to taking very good care of you, your companies, your individuals, your employees, and 
your families. Have a great day, a good afternoon, and we'll be in touch. Bye-bye. This is a free service. The content is the protected, copyrighted property of the Murthy Law Firm. Unauthorized recording or dissemination of these materials without prior permission is prohibited by law. Learn about our firm, how to engage our services and more at www.murthy.com.